So there was a lot of turmoil. Uh, you know, also, you know, I've seen the economy go up and down, up and down, and that has a huge impact on how the newsroom operates. But, you know, one thing that's remained constant is I think the quality of the people that work here. From Burlington, Vermont, this is Behind the Byline, a podcast that shares the stories of the free press's journalists. I'm your host, Blaze Seifer, a rising senior at Middlebury College and a summer intern with the Free Press. Today, I sit down with Aki Soga, our newly appointed editor. Aki joined the Free Press in 1991 and has since held multiple positions for the publication, including business editor, editorial page editor, and engagement editor. He's currently the longest tenured member of our staff, and I'm excited to welcome him onto the show. Aki, thank you so much for taking the time to chat. First of all, congrats on being named the editor of the Free Press. How are you processing the news? Thank you. Um, you know that the old saying, be careful what you wish for comes to mind. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's exciting. You know, it's I've been here a long time. Uh, I've held multiple positions. I've gotten to know the community. I consider the Burlington area, my home. And it, it really is a privilege to be able to lead the newsroom that's devoted to covering this area. Mm. Before we get into your time with the Free Press, tell me a little bit about yourself. Where are you from and what were some of your hobbies growing up? Okay. I was uh, born in Japan. Uh, I lived there off and on until I was seven. And we came to the United States, you know, lived couple places around the country, including the Philadelphia area, but mostly Michigan, uh, where I grew up. My hobbies growing up, I liked playing in it. We had an empty field next to our house. I liked playing in the field, you know, just like digging holes and things <laughs> like that. That was like a big part of my childhood. <laughs> I also liked to, I liked history, I guess is what it comes down to. I like building those little plastic models, mm. you know, and that was partly uh, interest in history. And um I still, I still enjoy history. So that's a constant hobby. Right. And growing up, did you like to write? You've been a journalist for so long. Has this been a hobby since, since you were a child? I enjoyed writing without realizing that I enjoyed it. You know, throughout school, uh, writing assignments or something that never fazed me. I think I like the act of writing rather more than the content back then. <laughs> <laughs> you know, playing with words and phrasings and things like that. I also like to read a lot and and you know I think the two are go hand in hand. Hmm. So I like studying how you know authors put words together and I still do this if I read a sentence that really catches my eye I usually read it over again and try to figure out why the sentence worked. Right. And so where did you go to school and did you study journalism? College I went to Kalamazoo College in Michigan and I actually majored in economics which is Less than it sounds, not because of the school, but because of my own uh, <laughs> uh, academic career. I wasn't what you call one of the bright lights of the college <laughs> academically. But and then um, I studied journalism at the University of Missouri School of Journalism. Awesome. And then after you graduated, you know, and you got your degree in journalism, did you go right into the field or did you work other jobs before? So there was a, a couple of years between my uh, college and uh, grad school. I, I joined the Peace Corps. I spent a couple of years in Sierra Leone as a community health worker. And then when I came back, I worked in a auto parts plant. Everybody who lives in Michigan, I think, touches the auto industry at some time in their lives. And that was my stint. And then I went to grad school. After graduating from grad school, 
You, you do either internship or thesis, and I did an internship at a newspaper in Japan, an English language newspaper in Japan. So I started kind of a professional career before I graduated. I ended up staying at that paper for three years in in Tokyo, and then I moved on to a uh, became a correspondent for an outfit called Night Ridder Financial News, which was like the name said a financial news service covering. You know the financial markets, like the Ministry of Finance, the central bank, and that it's very specialized service. The information was fed into little terminals that were used by like traders, you know, like bond traders and things like that. So it was a very specialized service. Putting the economics degree to use. <laughs> well, I was hired more because I was bilingual than with any sort of, <laughs> it, it, you know, my background in that area. You know, finance and economics is completely different. I found out very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> so, what brought you to Burlington, Aki? I left Japan. I quit my job, traveled around a little bit, arrived back in the U.S. without, you know, any solid plans, and I decided I had enough of large cities. And I wanted to live or work someplace where I wanted to live. And I had spent a summer at Middlebury College when I was in college uh, at the language school, and I really, really loved it. So, you know, Vermont was one of the places I wanted to work, and I was fortunate enough to get a job with the Burlington Free Press. So you got the job in 1991, mm-hmm. and you've been here ever since. Talk to me about your experience working for the free press. You've held multiple positions. You've seen the free press through pandemic times and a bunch of different eras. What's, what's it been like to work here? Constant change. You know, even when we were solidly a print newspaper, we were constantly changing. We, you know, we, we were, and, and, and I think that's like, it's, it's not any different than what we're doing today. We were always trying to figure out what readers wanted to read. And, and, and both in terms of topics and how news was presented, you know, that, that really hasn't changed. People's reading habits, their, their you know, habits of how they get news have been evolving for decades. It just became really accelerated when the internet came on. And most traditional newspapers badly stumbled in, 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 in trying to figure out how the internet was going to play into how we deliver our information. And I don't think we're an exception. So. That was a big change. So there was a lot of turmoil. Uh, you know, also, you know, I've seen the economy go up and down, up and down, and that has a huge impact on how the newsroom operates. But, you know, one thing that's remained constant is I think the quality of the people that work here. It, 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 when I first came here, you know, I expected Burlington to be a small town newspaper. In a lot of ways it is, but it's really unique in that we were a small newsroom, yet we were the largest newspaper in the state. So we were covering not just the news of Burlington, but obviously, but, you know, things that impacted the entire state. Now, the way the news is delivered has forced us to change our focus. I think there's a lot more ways to get information. You know, there's, there's, different ways that people can get statewide information and it's much more difficult to get really local information. So we, we, you know, our, our focus, I think it has shifted. Well, we started out Burlington centric. We kind of broadened our perspective and now we're returning to our roots and becoming more, I wouldn't say Burlington uh, centric is more Chittenden County centric, which is where most of our readers are. And we try to interpret what's happening locally and statewide 
in terms of how it impacts their uh, lives. Hmm. So you've had to adapt a lot. Has it been challenging to kind of always have to rethink how you do things? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it, it, it's it's you can never get too comfortable. Routines are always torn apart. Everything from the hours we work to the way we cover news. You know, we've, we, you know, when I started video, are you kidding me? <laughs> but that's very much part of everybody's job now. You, you know, both as reporters and as editors. The advent of smartphones have made that possible along with taking photos. You know, we don't have a full-time photographer on staff. And most of the reporters take their own photos with their iPhones. There's, there's, you know, there's certain specialized situations where we do hire photographers, especially sports. You know, that takes more than an iPhone to capture some, you know, some of the great sports images you see on our website. So we do... We don't hesitate to hire photographers when we think we need them. But still, you know, the reporters are asked to do a whole lot more rather than just collect information and put it down in words. Uh, I think it helps bring a fuller report to readers. I think in a lot of ways it helps develop the journalist reporting skills as well because they, you know, you have to think three-dimensionally, not just words, images, sometimes moving images, which includes sound. And I think it it really enriches the reports they offer. So you've been here since 1991. You must like journalism. What's your what's your favorite part of the job? What what's kept you here for so long, Aki? Well, I would say my favorite part of the job used to be writing, but I also really enjoy being part of the conversation that helps identify what news stories are going to be important or are going to resonate with readers. It's kind of an intellectual exercise, but I, I think it's really challenging. Uh, in a lot of ways, it's fun, sometimes frustrating because you know we don't always hit our mark, but it keeps you on your toes. It, it is a very creative process. You know, we take a piece of information and say, well, you know, this is kind of boring, but we think it's important. How are we going to present it so people do read it because this is information they need? When I first started, you reported it, you wrote it, and that was it. You know, we didn't we didn't get the immediate feedback from the readers that we do now. And now that we know if someone is reading a story or not, if it's not resonating with our audience, you know, we have an opportunity to go back and rework that story if we think the information is important enough to say, okay, we, we really need to find a way to get this information so in a format that people are going to read. Right. And on the other side, what's difficult about the job? What sort of challenges do you face? Constant change. It, it, it is, you know, there's something new, seems like every week they have to deal with, you know, because the industry is changing so, so quickly and we're s- still trying to figure out what the final answer is. Not that I think we'll ever find the answer, but, you know, we, there's a whole lot of things we're trying to do. And, and you know, being in this position, I have to take into consider the business side. Not in terms of going out and sell ads or things like that, but very much aware of, you know, where our resource constraints are. You know, we we have a certain number of reporters, and we have a you know a, you know certain amount of other resources, and you know, I'm much more involved in trying to figure out what's the best way to use those resources. And you know, I've I've been kind of involved in that as a newsroom editor for a while, but. You know, being the one responsible in the newsroom is kind of takes it to a different level. And I find that very challenging. I'm still getting used to it. Right. 
Yeah. So you've been the business editor, engagement editor, now the editor. Talk to me about a memorable story or subject you've covered uh, during your time with the Free Press. I think the most memorable piece I've written is when I was an uh, opinion editor and writing editorials and the um, civil unions uh, and the same-sex marriage debate was going on. And years ago, we had the Free Press editorial page had come out against, I believe it was civil unions that we came out against. It might have been, it might have been a proposal before that, the actual proposal. But times change, attitudes of the community change, and, and you know, we had a new, new leadership at the Free Press, which was in favor of marriage equality. And I got to write the editorial, not only backing marriage equality, but one that kind of repudiated our a former position point by point, which I thought was a very transparent way to say that we've, we've changed our minds and here's why. And, and you know, that, that was very, very fulfilling. Right. So you've held multiple positions, as we've said. I'm curious, what's one lesson you've learned during your time as a journalist? Keep an open mind. And that, that means, you know, you have to be open to new ideas. You have to always have to be willing to listen to what people are saying. You know, take the time to listen to people in the community, your readers, your non-readers, especially, you know, the people who don't think <laughs> what you're putting up is worth their time. And you always learn stuff. I mean, you know, we, we are not the experts in anything other than journalism, hopefully. <laughs> and we are really dependent on the quality of uh, information we can get from our sources or from the broader community, you know, they may not be directly in a story or whatever, but so we always have to keep an open mind and be willing to listen. And now Aki, for those listening to this, who, who might be interested in a career in journalism, what's one or two pieces of advice you would offer? Read, read a lot, pay attention to what's going on in the world. I mean, there's there, you know, they go hand in hand. I think reading something allows you to process information in a different way and, and analyze it. I, I th think rather than hearing it or, you know, watching it in a video or TV. Um, I think, I think just, just, just really being curious about the world around you and then training your mind to process that information. And finally, Aki, what's a day in the life like for you these days? You've recently named the editor. So I'm sure things are going to change around, mm -hmm. but what's a day in the life of Aki? So I usually get up about 530. Uh, I have a dog and she needs to be walked in the morning. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, she comes first, she gets priority, <laughs> she gets her walk, she gets her breakfast. And then I probably turn on my computer about 630 and start going through emails and, you know, responding to things like that. And, you know, I have a meeting with reporters. I'm, I'm still kind of doing my old job where I was, you know, actively editing uh, a group of reporters. And hopefully, I'll be able to let go of that wing, replace replace me in my old job. And then, you know, most of the day is dealing with stories, talking to reporters. You know, sometimes responding to the public. There, there's really no set routine throughout the day. You know, it's just a barrage of meetings, talking to people, editing stories. You know, that sort of thing. And you know, it's it, it's since since I've been named to this position, my days have grown a little longer. 
partly because, you know, I'm still working with the, the reporters and, 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 you know, we tend to start early in the morning and a lot of the meetings now that I have to take part in more meetings that are outside of our particular newsroom, you know, coordinating with other news editors in our region or in the com company. And those meetings tend to be later in the afternoon because sometimes they involve people on the West coast. So, you know, I'm usually working till about four thirty, five o'clock. You wear a lot of hats. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, before we get into the final section, rapid fire questions, what is one thing that makes the Burlington Free Pr Press special? It is, I think, the quality of the journalists that work here and their real commitment to the community. You know, we have some people who've been here for years. We have some people who are relatively recent arrivals, but they all seem to dive into being part of the community. And that takes many forms. You know, they, they go out and enjoy, you know, the, the outdoors or, you know, we have one reporter who's a bicycling enthusiast and he rides all over this, the place on his bicycle. There's, you know, another one that's really into local music and, you know, knows a whole lot about the indie music scene here. And <clears throat> yeah, I, I think, I think, um, you know, it's a cliche, but it always comes down to the people who work here. Mm. It's a group of people with diverse backgrounds. I've definitely felt that yeah. in my few weeks with the free press. Awesome. Aki, thank you for your thoughtful responses to some of those hard-hitting questions. Now we're going to transition into the final section, rapid fire uh, questions. Don't spend too much time okay. thinking about these. First, what's your favorite season in Vermont? Summer. Is fall number two? Yeah, I would say fall is number two. Normally, I would say spring just because spring has the advantage of coming on the heels of the tail end of winter. And it's always a relief when everything warms up and the snow goes away. But yeah, I probably get out more during the uh, fall than in the spring. Spring's too muddy, right? You can't really <laughs> go into the woods. You can't really go hiking. Right. Next, Aki, what's your superpower? I would say noticing things. I tend to get a lot of story ideas of my daily routine, driving around town. And, you know, a, a sign will catch my eye or I'll see a new building going up or I'll see something in a store that I hadn't seen before. It's a great skill to have. <laughs> Next, do you have a favorite spot to relax in the Burlington area? My couch. <laughs> <laughs> so on a weekday, you know, usually the day is done. I'm pretty tired. I, I like, to, like eat dinner and lay down on my couch. Um, maybe read something like that, but I'll, you know, when, when I'm not exhausted, um, I don't have a single, uh, spot. I, I like to take pictures, you know, my uh, photography is my hobby. So any place that I find that I think, you know, makes for a good picture it, it, and, and, you know, I, I take those goofy pictures of like sides of buildings and <laughs> things like that. So <laughs> love it. Finally, who is your favorite journalist in pop culture? Oh, so I grew up in, in sort of the Watergate generation. You know, I, I, I you know, I, I was in middle school and I was very much aware of that, what was going on. Uh, I used to watch the hearings. So for a long time, Woodward and Bernstein were my heroes. And without knowing a whole lot about the business since I was still a kid, but I was really impressed i'm not sure if that's the right word that you know 
journalists doing their job, writing stories can bring about a change in the presidency without violence, right? It, it was, and, and given everything that surrounds it, you know, it was a pretty incredible event in American history. And, and you know, the, the central role that journalism played in, it, in those two reporters. Exactly, yeah. One, one of many examples of the importance of journalism. Awesome. Aki, thank you so much for coming on to Behind the Byline today. It's been great to chat with you. And again, congrats on your new role as editor. Very excited to, uh, to continue following your time with Free Press. Thank you. This has been Behind the Byline, a podcast that shares the stories of the Burlington Free Press's journalists. I'm your host, Blaze Seifer. Thanks as always for tuning in. I'll catch you next time.